0: Still using bias tires? Here's your chance to upgrade to radial. This spring, Firestone AG is making it easy with Farm Hard Rewards. Just head to your local certified Firestone AG tire
1: dealer between now and April 30th and get discounts as big as $200 per tire when you buy two or more
2: eligible Firestone radial tires.
3: This deal doesn't last long, so visit Orange Tire to take advantage of Farm Hard Rewards soon. Terms, conditions, and limitations apply. For full details, visit FirestoneAG.com
4: or contact Orange Tire and Orange to learn more.
0: All right, everybody, we roll till uh, 3 o'clock today. We've got uh, a couple of great guests lined up here uh, in this uh, hour. We're going to begin with Brian Goodman. Uh, Big 12, rush the court, always fun when we get a chance to uh, have Brian on the line. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Good afternoon, Brian. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, let's kind of uh, start then in your uh, little area of expertise, uh, Kansas and Purdue. Uh, will Purdue even have any representation in the building, or will Kansas just buy all of the seats from anybody they can?
5: Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty dominant uh, showing by the KU fans here. I mean, the, the arena is just an hour or so um, away from Lawrence, and obviously um, you, know, the, you know, maybe the biggest alumni base outside of um, the actual city of Lawrence I think is, is kansas city so i'm sure there'll be a, a smattering of uh, purdue fans but um but yeah, expecting this to be a, a de facto home environment for kansas mm-hmm.
4: well we we're all looking forward to the rubber match with iowa state and kansas happening in kansas city kansas without joshua jackson gets upset by tcu and then iowa state loses to purdue so we don't get matchup number three if it was Iowa State in the building, we know Kansas fans have been buying the tickets for this one for a long time, anticipation of being able to, uh, being close to home there for the Sweet 16. After what you've seen over the last few years of Iowa State fans making the trek down I-35, what do you think the building would have looked like if we had Thursday night Kansas and Iowa State?
5: Yeah, I think that would have been, um, I think, one of the most you know juiced uh, crowd environments that you can even have, I think, in an NCAA tournament um, um, environment, and especially, um, it's also a little bit of an opportunity lost in that regard because you know the stage was set out east for uh, for Duke and Villanova to play in Madison Square Garden, and now and then you know we see how how that ended up going over the weekend. Both of those teams are out now too, so uh, yeah, a little bit of an opportunity lost because I think it would have just been a, a crazy, crazy atmosphere there because um, uh, I think one of the um, not Knox, but per se but you know one of the small cr- criticisms about the ncaa tournament is how you know kind of sterile it can be in these you know nba um you know type arenas and you know off campus and, and they get all of that and, and you have sort of uh, you know a chance to really make it as as close to a you know you have a chance to replicate you know a campus crowd about as as well as you can and but it just uh it just wasn't in the cards um it still should be an, ex- an exciting environment there but uh but yeah we, we are you know at least i am kind of uh it is kind of like a what if you know type of scenario there right right. what's
0: your brackets look like are they blown to smithereens like most people
5: um i think when i checked uh sunday night uh, um i want to say i had like eleven of the Sweet 16, but I had two of my Final Four teams knocked out. So, um, so I think it was just—it's always only just a matter of time. But I think it—it it, it struck at least as far as the uh, the later rounds um, struck pretty early there.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's start here with your expertise in the Big 12 and with the Jayhawks and talk about the matchup that they do have, since it's not going to be the Cyclones. Purdue making their way to Kansas City there. You mentioned a smattering of fans, a good traveling fan base. They'll find some people in the building, but we know it's going to be a decidedly pro-KU fan base there in Kansas City. But it comes down to matchups, and this matchup with the big guys from Purdue against the lack of depth of Kansas inside. Not a KU team that we've uh, seen usually built, usually have seemingly a slew of big guys they can throw at you. How concerned are you looking at this matchup from a KU perspective?
5: I don't think there's a ton of concern because of of how many shooters Kansas can put on the floor at, at any given time and then you kinda of juxtapose that with Purdue, um, who has not only Caleb Swanigan but also Isaac Haft, who's a you know big seven footer and you know you figure Purdue can't play those two guys at the same time very much um you know, if at all, just because of Kansas' transition game you're gonna have, you know, a, a four on three or you know, a five on three or a four on two. You know, any any trip down the court. You know, on a on a defensive rebound. So um, so from from there, I think it's you know, I think Caleb Swanigan is going to pose some some issues for Landon Lucas, and maybe maybe the way that Purdue approaches it is they they start Hus and Swanigan anyway and and just try to get Lucas in in some early foul trouble and, and see if things can kind of open up for them that way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's this is this is, I think more of a difficult matchup for Purdue than it is, um, uh, for Kansas. Um, I mean, we, I mean, we we've seen Kansas just miss shots in the NCAA tournament before, and that, that can kind of be their undoing. And, you know, I think that that could be the same thing, um, you know, on Thursday, but, um, but considering how well they've, they've shot the three this year, and, you know, especially how much Josh Jackson has improved shooting the three, um, It's really tough to bet against them, and then you add the environment on top of that, and and I think we'll see KU advancing at least one more round here.
4: Well, and another thing, I think all that – Bill Self needs to do is pop in the old video, or, well, it's digital now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and watch what Michigan did the two times they beat Purdue. Right. You know, Kansas built in a similar way, just with some better athletes than what Michigan has. Spread them out, make those guys come out, try to guard the guys on the perimeter. It's very difficult. I think that's the gameplay that Kansas goes into. But the biggest factor for me is what we've seen lately out of Joshua Jackson, just the way that his game continues to improve. He's the ultimate difference maker in this game. On the other side for Purdue, what are they going to try to do to slow down Joshua Jackson?
5: Um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll try to stop with stopping with their uh, big guys and maybe try to cut off some of the some of the drives that he can uh, that he can pull off. And, um, and and yeah, I think limiting Josh Jackson is such a tall order because he can he can drive, he can shoot off the bounce, he can you know step into uh, uh, no shots and. You know, you have to keep them on the glass too. There's, it's, it's really tough to, um, um, kind of isolate one guy as you know that that much of a, of your game plan orient your orient your game plan around stopping just you know one guy again just because Kansas has so many other weapons. So it's, um, so it, I think it, this feels just kind of like a pick your poison type of game, you know, for, uh, for Purdue. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go then to uh, the aforementioned Michigan and. They haven't lost since they had the plane incident. Is this team just the absolute on fire team right now?
5: Oh uh, yeah, I think so. And I think you know, you look at um, you look at you know how they beat Oklahoma State, and you know you don't score as efficiently as Oklahoma State did, and and lose that game right. very often. I think yep. you know, ninety five times out of a hundred, if, if you put up you know, if you score with the kind of efficiency and frequency that Oklahoma state did that game, you know, you, you know, you should win that game 95 times out of a hundred. And, um, but I think, um, you know, the Achilles heel of Oklahoma state, you know, which is their defense, um, you know, kind of cost them once again here. And, um, and then moving on, you know, they were able to, you know, muster enough to, uh, to beat Louisville on top of that. So yeah, it, it, it does seem they're, they're riding high. Um, but at at the same time, you kind of have to have a little bit of levity and think, well, if they had just missed one more shot than they did against Oklahoma State, we wouldn't even be mm-hmm. talking about this. But That's uh, right. yep. but I mean, but but it, I mean, it is true that John Beilein's you know, probably one of the one of the best, um, you know, if not the best coaches when it comes to um, uh, you know developing both developing offense and then. Um, you know, getting the X's and O's together, uh, he's just—he's a brilliant offensive mind, and that's going to be really tough for Oregon to uh, um, to combat.
4: So, uh, Brian, let's jump over to Baylor, taking a look at the East region. The uh, Bears come in as the number 3 seed, did what they needed to do. They dispatched New Mexico State, get by that one, tight for a while. They pulled away and then get the uh, tight victory against USC. They get the team. Nobody expected to be there. South Carolina, even with home court advantage, Nobody had South Carolina in their bracket no. beaten Duke to get to the sweet 16. Tell us a little bit about this matchup and Frank Barton going up against an old conference fro from back when he was at K State.
5: Yeah, this is really interesting and it's a game I don't think anyone had um any anyone was expecting and and sure enough, you know, the, the menace of March kind of delivers this this uh, uh this this kind of strange but uh, but pretty uh you know, exciting game. Um I I think it'll be I think they're they're both a little more defensive-minded than offensive-minded, so um, that's going to be a pretty big contrast from you know what we'll be seeing in, in Kansas City. But um, yeah, I think with with Baylor, they're they're more defensive-minded with the zone. They they don't play you know terribly quickly on offense, but at the same time, um, they do have a lot of um, you know, spurtability. I guess is kind of the buzzword you'd say. Um, you know, with Manuel Lecom- um Kind of going off on a on a streak there in their uh, round of thirty two game, and um, Al Freeman also had some some you know pretty good hot streak going um, last weekend. So we'll see if they can get more out of that because um, you know they already have the inside game with Motley and and Lual um down low. So um, whatever they can get from the perimeter, I think um, c- can really help get them over the top um, against South Carolina.
0: All right, to me, the premier game that everybody will be dialed into, we've already seen them play once, and it was unbelievable, is UCLA and Kentucky. And this will be played on a neutral court in Memphis, be probably a a, a Kentucky home game almost. Uh, I don't know how many people from Southern Cal will make that trip. But do you see the Bruins and Lonzo Ball winning this game again? or do the young kids from Kentucky pull the upset
5: um, yeah i think I, I i picked ucla back at the start of the uh, tournament so i i think i got to stick with them at least you know for that reason so i you know i don't sound uh, i don't sound dumb i'm after the fact um, <laughs> yeah and uh, but i think we saw just how well i i think this is this is going to be such a close game i think yep. um just you know, with the way Kentucky defends um, when when they want to, when they're engaged, um, they're just so athletic they can get out on anyone, and and they're very good at making the at at making um, sort of the defensive reads to make sure they're in the right place at the right time. And I, I think the last possession um, against Wichita State was a perfect example of that. Um, they knew that um, that Wichita State didn't have enough time to uh, to pass off to. A, Connor Frankamp camp there at the buzzer and have him get a shot off. So they just doubled, uh, um, I can't remember, maybe uh Shamet, uh, who had the ball, um, and, and they just locked him down. So, um, but UCLA, of course, is a very different animal. Um, you know, not only do they have on Ball, but they have, you know, TJ leaf and Thomas Welsh and all these, um, you know, other weapons around him. So, um, it, this is, I think going to be a really fun game, probably a little lower scoring than, uh, UCLA probably wants it to be, but, um, but I think they'll have enough to, uh, to get the edge there.
4: Out West, West Virginia gets by their opening round matchup as they uh, snuck by Becknell. Then they beat Notre Dame and really dominated that they game did. from start to finish. Uh, made Notre Dame turn it over nine times, I think it was, in the first half. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't turn the basketball no. over, and, no. and that press really can get to. Maybe it sounds crazy here, but if West Virginia does beat Gonzaga, I think they get to the Final Four. I think they beat Arizona or they beat Xavier to get it done there just because the time in between games, the quick turnaround, and how difficult it is to prepare for that style of defense that West Virginia plays. I think they can make a run to the Final Four, but they have to get by the Zags first. Does that happen, or do you like Gonzaga to get it done and get to the Elite Eight?
5: Um, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of this Gonzaga team. Uh, Just how much, uh, you know, how well they play on offense and, Um, and just the way they've kind of laid waste to the entire, you know, West Coast Conference, and, you know, they played very well in the non-con schedule, but I think what gives me pause about it is, like you said, um, you know, the the pressure defense, and um, the other thing that I don't think gets talked about quite as much with uh, West Virginia is how well um, they rebounded defensively, and that's not really something that... uh, um, Or, or, I'm sorry, uh, they rebound offensively, and and I don't think... Gonzaga's really done a great job of you know boxing guys out on um, on the defensive glass there so I think that's where they're a little bit vulnerable to a team like West Virginia that's so deep and, and sends so many guys to the offensive glass and um, you know what they do is just um, kind of like you said they get up shots at volume so mm-hmm. um, you know they know they aren't as great shooters as you know some of the better offenses, but um, they make up for that by just getting more shots up, whether it's through the press or whether it's through their offensive rebounding. So, um, so I think look for second chance points to really be the difference there for uh, for West Virginia. Just um, this... and um, and I think they'll be able to get past uh, Gonzaga.
0: Do you think this is one of Bob Huggins' best coaching jobs?
5: Um, it, it seems like it. I mean, if he can get you know past. If he can get past Gonzaga, I think it will be. And um, you know, I think um, just the way that he's kind of torn down the system and rebuilt it year after year, and it's kind of been by necessity because I think once he joined the Big Twelve, he realized uh, you know he can't recruit um, quite at the same level as you know Kansas and and you know maybe they're out, they're outside of the conference, but guys like you know teams like Duke and, and Kentucky and some of those other high level programs. So instead, you just create a system and and recruit to that system. And now that it's been in place for a couple of years, um, he's able to, you know, we're, we're really seeing kind of the fruits of, of that, um, you know, the way of doing things that, and how he's revamped it. So I think it's, you know, one of the great coaching jobs, um, and, you know, I'm trying to think of other, other teams Bob has had that, um, that maybe didn't get that much hype, um, you know, coming in, but are, are now doing well. So I think they were still kind of, uh, you know, I think this West Virginia team has been you know, pretty consistent all year, so I don't know if I put it up. I don't know if it's, you know, like a you know, coach of the year type of um, type of year for uh, for Bob because I think um, and he, he's done a pretty good job with it. You know, he's done a great job with it. You know, the last couple years, and I and I think everyone's kind of hip to it right now, but they still you no know, aren't able to to stop it. So I think it's a great job, but I don't know if he's doing that much more um, than he has in, um, in previous years.
4: Brian Goodman from RushTheCourt.net joining us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Last one for me, Brian, uh, one more in the Big 12. There is one more team playing. There is. It's in the NIT. TCU, who we saw on Sunday knock off the Hawkeyes. Uh, young team, a lot of talent, and, boy, they played incredibly well in that game. Jamie Dixon, I think it's happening sooner than most people anticipated. Are we going to be talking about TCU in the NCAA tournament, maybe even more than that next year?
5: Um, I don't know about more than that, but I think the NCAA tournament is a pretty good goal for them. Um, I don't think they have that much in the way of turnover um, coming, and I know they have a couple, uh, I think they have a couple four star recruits coming in, mm-hmm. if memory serves. And, um, you know, I think Jamie did even more than was. Uh, than what I was expected because they weren't really you know completely out of the NCAA tournament picture until you know late in February. Right. Um, so we'll I'll be interested to see if he maybe um, you know loads up a, a little more in, in non-con play or if he um, just looks to just um, you know bank as uh, you know bank as many games as he can early on and then you know let the let conference play take care of the tough games so. Um but yeah, I think um I think TCU is right on track, if not, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule and um you know I think Jamie's gonna do pretty well for himself in the Big Twelve.
0: Always good to catch up with you, pal. Have a great day and enjoy all the action this coming week.
5: All right, you guys do the same.
0: Thank you. Brian Goodman, Big Twelve Conference, rush the court on the draft house fifty hotline. When we come back, there is more news of Iowa State. Oh yeah? Yeah. This one's on the basketball court. Mm. One of the guys that you clamored for all season, and we never saw him, hardly at all. Who's Simeon Carter? Jimmy B. And that was T-C. two years
4: ago, Jim. Jimmy B. And you're, you're, everything's muddled for you. Everything is muddled for you. That was two years ago. How you're, many times did I say the name you, Simeon Carter this year? You did. Twice? Well, okay, you said it. Yeah, but we're talking a year ago. I know. You said it then, too. Have we worked together over two years? Yeah, you're losing your mind. You, oh, my gosh. You need to you need to get some rest tonight, Jimmy B. No you, baseball for you. What? I'm, I'm watching that I'm, game. I'm cutting you off. If I'm you staying can't come up. in here ready to go. I was going. Yeah, you're going you somewhere. You and Simeon Carter. We got some baseball talk coming up as well. Mark Simon from ESPN <laughs> Stats and Info. He comes up on the other side, World Baseball Classic tonight. As we continue on from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios, it's Jimmy B and T C.
1: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports, 1700
6: KBGG.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like don't-abetes. Don't do this. Don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
1: It feels great to be invited, and we want you to feel that way the moment you walk in the door at Billion Buick GMC. Whether you're shopping for a new Buick, GMC, or certified pre owned, you deserve nothing less. Our knowledgeable, friendly staff is dedicated to helping you make a great decision on your next vehicle and to give you the VIP experience. We are professional great and always have a large, competitively priced inventory here. For your convenience, you're invited to Billion Buick GMC in
2: Clive or BillionAuto.com slash GMC. Like all of you out there, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat.
4: Trey Cotton in here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not gonna find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
1: To $480 for TV, 180 dollars for internet, equipment, non return on their and conditions. Play call for details. Offer ends 12117. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and
0: TC. All right, everybody. You know, we've started this program talking about Major League Baseball and the World Baseball Classic. It's great that we got Mark Simon on today, yeah. ESPN stats and uh, Major League Baseball for ESPN. He joins us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Illinois. Marky, hello. Hi. How are you guys? We're doing great, pal. All right. So, I, I, I'm, I don't follow spring training that much unless I'm there covering a team or I'm covering a couple of players, that sort of thing, because it's meaningless. With the exception that's guys getting prepared for the season, but all of a sudden I have just got hooked on the World Baseball Classic. Are you in that same category, or are you still on a wait and see island someplace?
9: No, I, I like it. Uh, it's funny. Someone joked to me that if the 2006 version of me had seen the 2017 version of me, that he would have laughed because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really care about it yeah, uh, yeah. back then. Uh, this year I'm really into it. I think uh, the Israel thing helped. I enjoyed uh, their run, even if the games were at very awkward times. Uh, and the the, the Dominican Republic-Puerto Rico-United States rivalry has mm-hmm. been really good. Um, so, yeah, I have, uh, I've, I'll have. i be watching. I've, I'll, I've watched a lot of the games, first pitch to last pitch, so I'm looking forward to watching tonight.
4: You know, we've kind of posed the question. It seems like here in our Midwest Outpost that this is, the most excitement that there has been uh, Saturday night with the great catch by uh, Adam Jones. I yep. think that helped to get that highlight out there and and people realizing even with the NCAA tournament going on, hey, there's real baseball <laughs> and and real baseball players that you know playing in it. Uh, that's got to be a help certainly. This U.S. team and and the way things are coming together for them as they play tonight with Japan. Do you think this is catching on at least? Not not so much in the way that it could be. It's not the World Cup or anything like that. But is it gaining some big traction in your estimation?
9: It's getting better. Uh, I mean, the, the attendance is certainly uh, considerably better, although uh, weak in some spots. Certainly, uh, I, I do think it's 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 a little awkward, and a lot of play a lot of good players aren't in it, and it's a little hard for people to get used to the idea that these games are meaningful games. Um, so, yeah, uh, I. I think it's definitely caught on the TV ratings have been good, even though it's it's kind of, well, I don't want to insult the other network, but it's on the other network. Right, uh, no, we get it. Not it. Ours. Yeah, we get it. Uh, it's, although I should point out it's on Deportes, too, uh, for those that, that uh, like Spanish-language broadcasts. Uh, people, I think people are very much into it. I can tell you that, that I've got a good number of colleagues that are certainly into it.
0: Uh, you know, I'm, I can't
9: wait for tonight
0: when, when, yep. you, when the U.S. plays Japan. I, I yeah, just...
9: Japan's the one team I haven't really seen that much. Uh-huh. And again, that goes to the awkwardness of some of the times of their games. Right. Uh, but they've won the thing twice, so they got to be pretty good, right? And they they've got uh, their team is made up of Japanese league players, and we certainly know a lot of good Japanese league players.
4: So uh, tell us a little bit more for people that are just kind of jumping in. Some of the names to keep an eye on from the American side. What are uh, you expect to see? We know we're not going to see you know pitchers go out there and throw 100 pitches, anything like that. Uh, kind of the construction of the lineup and the construction of this U.S. team, how the staff's expected to go this evening.
9: So, all right, so uh, pitching-wise, there was a little controversy. Uh, there was the thought that they were going to go back to Chris Archer, mm-hmm. who pitched really well in the first game that the U.S. played. But then after he did that, he returned to Ray's camp. And uh, when he did that, uh, he thought that he was going back, and then he got a phone call that said your services are no longer needed. Uh, <laughs> so he's not pitching. They're pitching Tanner Roark instead uh, of the Washington Nationals. Who really you could make a, a pretty good case is uh, behind Scherzer is their number two pitcher, given all the history of uh, Strasburg's bad pitching. The best hitter and best performer in this has been uh, Adam Jones so far. Certainly, uh, he has been uh, terrific. Uh, he had the catch, which I think certainly uh, caught a lot of people's attention. But he has a pretty good uh, long list of highlights uh, from the World Baseball Classic. I'm stalling here for a second. because I have a, one of my colleagues had a list of them. But okay. he had a he's had a really good run. Uh, Nolan uh, Nolan Arenado has uh, played third base and played third base very well. Uh, Adam Jones also had the w- uh, walk off hit. He had a game tying home run, uh, he, and he robbed his own teammate of a home run. That's a pretty good uh, hat trick. Uh, out of the bullpen, it's interesting that uh, the pitcher who closed, like you would have thought that it was going to be Andrew Miller, but Andrew Miller got roughed up. He gives up the big home run to Nelson Cruz yeah. uh, of the Dominican and costs the U.S. the game. And they're going with Luke Gregerson of the Astros as their closer. Uh, and he's been pretty good so far. He's pitched three games. He's got two saves. Uh, and also Sam Dyson of the Rangers, who throws 98 miles per hour. You kind of have the Texas two-step in the bullpen with those two guys. They've both been really good. <laughs>
0: I know it's it's amazing that we're sitting here. Normally, we would ask you about different players on different teams that we pay close attention to here in the Midwest. And we're talking about the baseball classic.
9: <laughs> and we're talking. We're not talking about Kershaw and Bumgarner. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about Tanner, Rorick, Luke yeah, Gregerson, yeah. and Tim Dyson.
4: Yeah. Hey, uh, over on the uh, side for Japan, uh, go back to... Was it 2006 when Deitsuke was Dice, really Dice good, and, and he uh, made his way then uh, following a good performance in World Baseball Classic to that big contract with the Red Sox. Is there any guys on the Japanese squad that we should be keeping an eye on, guys that might be making their way to the major leagues here in the uh, not-so-foreseeable for future?
9: All right, I'm going to take a shot at a pronunciation. Okay. I hope that I get it right. yeah, Fair enough. Uh, but the star hitter for Japan is Yoshitomo su. Sus- Susugo. Okay. Yoshimoto Susugo is their uh, tough hitter. He's a left-handed hitter. He has three home runs. He had 44 for Yokohama last year. Wow. Uh, His previous best before that was 24. Uh, He had a 680 slugging percentage, which is of the Barry Bonds type. Uh, He's their best hitter. The one player whose name you're going to know is Norioki Aoki, uh, uh, who has played for a bunch of teams and is currently with the Astros, the outfielder. A small outfielder. He's not much of a power hitter, but he's kind of a slap hitter, like a, a poor man's Ichiro type when he's going well. I don't know the pitching staff at all. Uh, I I just uh, we we were asked to compile like players to watch <laughs> each team, and I found Yoshitomo Jitsugo and he's supposedly really good. Now it's it's interesting if you watched last night, the Netherlands had the best hitter in the tournament. The guy was like. It was like he was an adult playing against little leaguers, uh, Vladimir ballantine mm-hmm. and uh, he actually plays in the Japanese league, but he's not Japanese. He's from the Netherlands. I right. think he's from Curacao, uh, and he wound up for the competition hitting like 650 with wow. 12 RBIs in seven games, uh, and he was ridiculous. It, it was it was it was actually it was it was like watching a uh, women's college softball where you have the one player who's just like ridiculously better than everybody else, yeah, and just yeah. hit a home run every single time up, and it's 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 a shame that I was I was pulling for Puerto Rico, but I was I was kind of sad to see him get knocked out.
0: Uh, what do you anticipate for crowd tonight in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium?
9: Oh boy, I have no idea. I hope that I would hope that they get close to a sellout. You would think for the United States, and there's a, a pretty good Japanese population in California. Yep, there is. You would you would hope that they would uh, they would get close to a sellout tonight. They didn't have close to a sellout last night. Uh, the one drawback, I guess, to putting it in um, Los Angeles is that for Latin American countries, it's certainly a greater distance to have to travel than to go to Miami. Uh, right. So you lose. Uh, That and I think you saw that in uh, when the games were in Miami, how enthusiastic those crowds were. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, it it was great. It was a great scene. Good environment. Looking forward to it tonight. Well, uh, Mark, let's jump over from the World Baseball Classic and get into some of the nuts and bolts of baseball as uh, we take a look at things. Let's start with David Price. They're going to be cautious with him. Uh, one month, possibly that he's. I mean, the concern it is real. I think from everybody out there, uh, a lot of nerds like myself getting ready for fantasy baseball drafts. So <laughs> he is a nerd, David Price. Uh, how concerned should we be as the Red Sox say they're being very cautious?
9: I, I on a scale of one to ten, I would probably say above six. Uh, just because he's someone who has a lot of mileage on his arm. Mm -hmm. 230 innings last year, which was the most in the American League. 220 the year before that. Uh, Only only 170 in 14, uh, 14, 248, sorry. So he's gone 248, 220, 230. And in this day and age, that just doesn't happen. Uh, So it wouldn't shock me if he had an elbow or some sort of issue uh, along the way, just because of volume of usage. Like, I, I would... I mean, Scherzer had the finger of thing. I'm amazed that he never gets hurt uh, because of the volume of innings that he pitches. Kershaw, we saw it last year with his back; uh, he had some trouble. I would, I would say that it doesn't portend well for David Price. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Let's talk a little bit about star power. And does it seem to you that baseball has kind of, kind of switched their marketing campaigns, similar to what the NBA is doing? pushing their top stars instead of just pushing a team?
9: That's a really good uh, discussion. Uh, and you're talking to someone who doesn't particularly like the NBA much these days because of that. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think they are because I think they think that that's the way to get to the people that are 10 to 24. Or whatever the whatever your random demographic is that gets you the young audience. Right. Uh, that hey, I can watch Mike Trout, I can watch um Arenado, just going back to another a name that I said before. I can watch Buster Posey, I can watch uh Benintendi, the Red Sox uh hot rookie, uh, I can uh, I can watch Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. Sure. That seems to be the way that it's gone just from those people seem to have done like more TV this year, it feels like. And just from watching MLB and from watching our network a little bit, it seems like Major League Baseball has said, let's get these people out there uh, a little bit more and let's show them off and hope that uh, that draws people in. I think in the end, though, it's the game that that really draws people in, hopefully. Uh, And the game is the most most intellectual game, and it's the funnest game, and it's the best game.
4: You know, Mark, uh, kind of to piggyback off of Jim's question there, you know, baseball has become so regionalized where yes. it's not that national sport that it once was. How concerning should that be for the front offices and for baseball as a whole? Or is that something that maybe they just need to embrace and understand that with a 162-game schedule, the way things are today, that that regionalization is something that they could maybe add to it and make it something that is even more impactful for them in the
9: bottom line? I wish that they would embrace the regionalization. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. With the fact that, okay, um you know Joe Smith roots for his cardinals and he follows his division, but he doesn't necessarily follow the angels, and he'll watch the highlights on sports Center he'll watch the highlights on baseball tonight, but he wants to root for his team I, The thing is I guess that's a harder that's a harder sell when you're trying to get the TV contract that's worth uh, a considerable chunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see why maybe they wouldn't want to do that. Uh, but the local TV deals are pretty good. And local TV ratings for baseball are, are pretty good. That's, that's why I hate when people say that baseball is dying. Baseball still got plenty of life.
0: I agree that baseball is not dying. I mean, look, it, it, it almost passed away, but Bonds and Sosa brought it back. And I think from all of that, I, I think it's really uh, moving at a at a very good pace. I think you're still right about finding that younger demographic, but I think they're doing a better job of reaching out to that than they have been
9: in the past. Yeah, I, I think they're. I think you're seeing that uh, certainly. This year, uh, we did a number of features in spring training where we got access to Harper, uh, Syndergaard, mm-hmm. and a couple of other uh, highly notable players. So yeah, they're 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 trying. It like, it's I wish I I, I kind of there are parts of me that wishes that Adam Silver ran Major League Baseball. Yeah, there parts of me <laughs> that wishes that, that 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 baseball had a lot of young people, younger people, or I guess people my age, uh, right, which right. forty two. Yeah. uh in the organization- in in their like leadership areas, but it feels like it feels like a lot of sports are run by people that are considerably older and I think that sometimes what that means is it means that the game's a a little slow to change and that that is not the necessarily the easiest way to go Let me follow up with that
0: when you've had your dealings it the n b a makes it at least appear that the guys that they deal with seem to be all really good guys yep do you get that same feeling from major league baseball or is there an underlying current that maybe that's really not the case
9: that's like the play you're talking about like the players players. that they promote. yes yeah i think i think we're trying they're trying to get that i think that it's more that what what they've got right now is that it's more that they're really cool guys uh necessarily than anything else right yeah you know these are people that oh i I wish I could do what they do, uh, and that 's the approach right now i I like the really good guys, like going back to the world baseball classic, I thought Israel was a fantastic story just because it was a group of basically minor leaguers and and i don 't want to say rejects, but end of the bench guys right yeah uh, that won a couple of games, and it was it was neat to see uh the way that uh, all that played out now, like I like with me, I like the story of the guy who 's like the <laughs> the 25th guy on the team uh, who's, uh, for whom it really means something to make the major leagues. Uh, or I like the story of the superstar whose father was a great influence on him uh, more so than uh, I like the idea of people who uh, are trying to become major leaguers uh, at very old ages and are getting a lot of attention in spring training.
4: Mark Simon, ESPN stats and information with us here. Hey, uh, Mark, last thing from me, I see the White Sox, who are, you know, we're kind of surrounded by six different major league teams Mm -hmm. that matter in varying levels. The White Sox, though, probably on the bottom of that list still. uh, They uh, get a big contract with Tim Anderson, impressive in his debut a year ago, the youngster. Good move for the White Sox, and uh, the rebuild that's upon them here, Jose Quintana, is he going to be the next out of the door and maybe one of the first big names we hear about come a uh, trading season in baseball?
9: Yeah, it certainly sounds like he is. Uh, I guess they view it as a pretty good gamble on a guy that's 23 that they can uh, nail him through his ARB years and get that, that extra year of free agency. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the Longoria or Matt Moore contracts that were uh, trendy with the race a couple of years ago. And it's a different approach, I guess, by the White Sox than uh, you would typically have seen from them. It, it, he was high, he was very highly regarded uh, a year ago, so I would be inclined to say, sure, uh, that that's a kind of deal that's worth a shot. It's not that high risk an investment uh, for a guy that's twenty three years old.
0: All right, I'll let you go with this one. As far as Hall of Fame voting, that sort of thing, have yes. have you gotten the feeling at all that writers are beginning to soften a little bit, at least their hardcore stance? on the 80s and early 90s, during the drug rage, and that Bonds, Clemens, players like that will finally get an opportunity to at least get voted in.
9: Yes, sir. All right. I do, I have a take on this. The idea, to me, that they're going to get in at this point is still, it's, it's not there yet. Okay. And I think this is why. If you didn't vote for Bonds or Clemens this year, you, that means to me that you're an extraordinarily stubborn person, yeah. so in, because this seemed to be the year where a lot of people were giving in the last two years have, have been kind of an indication of a lot of people giving in uh, those that didn't I view those as the hardest of the hardliners now unless those people are losing their votes, which it's possible that they are because some people are being grandfathered out of the voting process and younger people are being uh, brought in by getting that uh, their, through their ten years of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, I think they would have bonds and clemens still need like ninety something votes. That's a lot of people whose minds whose minds are very stubborn, whose minds you have to change. And I don't see that happening this coming year. Maybe it takes two or three years, but I, I wouldn't be surprised with them if it comes down to the final ballot. All
0: right, I'll leave you with this. Then you get about thirty forty five seconds.
9: Sure. Will it
0: happen for a guy like Alex Rodriguez after <laughs> say?
9: Ten years, I, th- I think it'll be similar. I think the Bonds thing and Clemens thing will be a good precedent for that. Okay. I think if Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get it on the ninth or tenth ballot, mm-hmm. I think then you'll see Alex. I think Alex Rodriguez might get in that year with them uh, because you're you're basically lumping them into the same okay. group. Okay, gotcha. I would think. Yeah, so I would say yeah. I would say that the the Bonds Clemens precedent in the next few years will be an interesting thing to uh, observe. Um, give me if let's see if I can. Get this in ten seconds or whatever I need. No, to right time. now.
0: I was just busting on you. You
9: got time, pal. All right, Bonds Bond is halfway through, so he's got five years to get another twenty-two percent of the vote, okay. basically. Okay. So, um, so, and that—that's actually—that I think that coincides with A. Rod's first ballot, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, so that'll shoot. <laughs> that will be interesting. Have me on that show. That'll be a fun I one mean, to we talk will. about. We will, pal. We will. That'll be fun. Yes, but I think in I think in the end, I know they only it's only twenty two percent, but twenty two percent's a lot of people, and that's a lot of very stubborn minds. I don't think the growth for them will be as great uh, next year.
4: Mark Simon, ESPN stats and information with us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. Mark is always great catching up with you. Less than two weeks away from opening day, but we got some good baseball tonight. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your time, as always.
9: Was I as acceptable as Zubin Mahenty was earlier? Uh, I would say
0: just uh, a great above. How's Absolutely. that? <laughs> Zubin's probably tell listening him right you now. Said that. Zubin, he is probably listening to the show he does all the time. Well, I told him when I introduced him, he's finally appearing on a world-class radio show instead of the ones that they have, that, that morning show that the <laughs> network has. He got a good laugh out of that. Thank you, pal. Thank you. It's always great talking to you. See ya. See you. Mark Simon. ESPN, stats, info, good stuff, Major League Baseball. We're coming right back.
1: Catch the biggest games. Westwood One Sports coverage of NCAA men's basketball on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Mr. Executive and
4: Billion Automotive.
1: Hey, it's Jimmy B.
0: Featuring specialty burgers, steaks, salads, and so much
4: more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
8: Hi, this is Craig Hodson, Vice President Market Manager at Cumulus Media Des Moines. Cumulus is a proud sponsor of the Polk City Chamber of Commerce. The chamber promotes economic development to strengthen the business climate and enhance the quality of life in Polk City. Please join me in welcoming and supporting these members. American Legion, Post 232.
6: Ankeny Sanitation. Aspen Air, Inc. Big Green Umbrella Media, Inc. Bill Bray Insurance Services, Inc. Central Iowa Wellness, Sands Clinic. Community Greetings. Cumulus Media. Cup Insurance. Dennis Dietz. Edward Jones,
8: Extraordinary Floral, Fort and Schlagel, Grinnell State Bank, and HR Approach. The Polk City Chamber of Commerce and Cumulus Media wish to thank these members. Learn more about the Polk City Chamber of Commerce online at polkcitychamber.com. polkcitychamber.com.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
3: This just in, Wendy's is adding the quarter pound double stack as an option in the 4 for 4 for a limited time. With so much beef, that's a deal so good it should not exist. In related news, because their wings are too small for their bodies, bumblebees should not be able to fly. Here to comment, bees. Wait, we're not supposed to fly?
9: Kind of like how a quarter pound of beef should not be in the 4 for 4.
3: Yep, it is. That's over a quarter pound of fresh beef with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke, all for just $4. Any other bee puns? No, we're
6: good, honey. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes four piece nuggets, small fries, and drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
8: If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient. Because you know there's always a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pros buy in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 30%. Up to 30% on the building supplies you use every day, like insulation and drywall. Which is a better way to do business. So at Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowesforpros.com for details. Minimum purchase required for discount. US only.
0: it's a family membership add-on special it's Aspen West Glen
4: Town Center West Des Moines the weather's warming up and it's time to think about your spring projects Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job large and small flat roof sloped or pitched
1: Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG live from the Wolf Construction Studio
0: sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody. We're almost done here on a uh, snow day. Isn't that funny to say? What (laughs) a
4: weird, weird day. You said the snow's melted?
0: Yeah, it's gone. Gone, yeah. I, I peeked outside. I know we're in the freaking closet here. Right. But I, uh, I I peeked outside, and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it was thunder snow for a while. Coming down in buckets. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool.
4: Some of the bigger flakes I've ever seen. Yeah. Man, yeah. now it's gone, huh? It, it's
0: gone. Totally gone. Uh, the thing that uh, struck us today was the news coming out of Iowa State, one in football, the other in basketball. Yep. And uh, a little surprising, I guess, on both sides. Uh, first, in football, uh, they pretty much come out and said, you know that uh, Joel Landing guy who was a quarterback? Guess what? He's a starting linebacker now.
4: Yeah, I mean, you you talked about going back right before spring, there was talk of him yep. playing some defense and things like this, but already be thrust in the role of the opening depth chart as the number one uh, Mike Backer. I th- this guy hasn't played defense since eighth grade. <laughs> he hasn't played defense since he was a middle schooler, and there is something to be said about being a football player. He I get is. that, and, and yeah. the physicality yep. that he's always brought to the quarterback position. That goes back to, I mean, even when he was a freshman, you sure. could see just the physical ability and the strength that he had even as a quarterback up at Ankeny High, but it just I, you don't see things like this. You, you see transitions. You see guys move around. You very rarely see a guy go from quarterback to linebacker. Wide receiver, we've seen. Yeah, sure. We yeah. get that one. Yeah, you do a little moving around. Yeah. There. You can see things like that. Seen some guys maybe even go to tight end in the past. Yeah, that, seen that. A, yeah. But to middle linebacker, That's, that's <laughs> a big change. It's a leap. And then not only that, but to be listed as a starter. Let's say this comes to fruition. Okay. And Lanning can do everything that they hope. He is their best spot uh, linebacker for that spot. Do they then start to pull back from the idea of him playing offense as well? Can I, you get away with a guy if you expect him to be out there for sixty five, seventy five snaps yeah. a game defensively, yeah. what can you do for him offensively?
0: I thought it was a a great quote by Coach Campbell when he said when he told Lanning that you're gonna be puking your guts out after every game. I mean, look, there's gotta be a couple of plays. I we talked about inside the five yard line or second down and a yard for a first down, you put him in to Run, uh, but if you're
4: going to do that, you have to practice. You got to practice. There's it. only I, so many I, hours I, of practice that you can do. And this is a guy yep. that hasn't played defense in right. seven years, so you're going to take away his development I'm time just, for a couple of packages. I'm not
0: saying I'm taking it. I'm not taking it away. I'm just saying what their thought process was. If he turns out to be a top-notch linebacker,
4: well, just say he's he's, fine. he's 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 fine. He's, he's okay. a starter. Okay, he's the starter. Yeah. And he's going to play basically every snap. I don't potential. know how you do it. I'm with you, and that's what I'm getting yeah. at. I think that is going to be the case here, and that's why it's not surprising to see him on the depth chart or something like that, to see him as the starter. Starter. If he really is going to be the starter, I don't think you can take away everything that he's going to have to do to be ready for a Big 12 football mm-hmm. game to put in a couple of packages for him. Jacob Parker's shown the ability to do things on his own, yep. and I just think you go down, no more worrying about different packages. This is our quarterback, and this is our linebacker. Line, yeah, and he go that way. Okay, it'll be interesting. It will be. It will, there'll
0: be storylines. There's no question. This is a fun spring. It will. Spring football, pretty normally boring. A bore. Yeah,
4: it is. This one is Man. fun, both Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah, ones. it's going to be a good one there. You mentioned Simeon Carter. Simeon Carter gone, writing on the wall. Yeah, two years ago, we were both begging. They didn't have any kind of inside presence. Nothing. We said, come on. Yeah, just. Shit. We throw, saw him a couple of times. Throw
0: the, throw the kid a bone. We let him go in there
4: and hack a guy a couple of times. <laughs> it's never happened. Uh-uh. We should have saw it then. He stuck yeah. around for another year. He did. Got his two years. Hey, he still has his redshirt season. He can go somewhere, right. transfer down, maybe play You know, somewhere closer to home. He's from Carolina. Carol- Charlotte, you yeah. Know, he can go to a place like in UNC Asheville or something like mm-hmm. that, Greensboro. Sure. Sit out for a year, develop, play for his final two seasons. I think it's a good thing for yeah, him. I
0: yeah, I do too, Yeah.
4: But that first recruiting class now for uh, Steve Prome is he got the job so late with Hoyberg going to the NBA. Exactly. It's all gone. Yeah. Remember Brady Ernst, the kid from Clinton? See ya. Gone. And uh, was it Naskowski, the kid that was dismissed? That was the third member. That, of the I class. think you're right. so yes. uh, I, I'd forgotten all about it. First you. class, no longer a part of it. No. And I believe Hoyberg's final class, nothing there. So you know that means that they're going to have to hit a couple of home runs well, here with the transfer market if they've they're going to be. Good next year.
0: They've NCAA NCAA got a double A tournament. They've got another scholarship open. They do. Look at it from that standpoint. We are done for the day. Marty and Miller are next. The Big games play here.
1: Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for news, talk, sports. Seventeen hundred K B G G.
4: draft house 50 is your home for all the big dance basketball coverage wall-to-wall tvs excellent food and every brew under the sun for basketball you have one spot to go draft house 50 mill civic parkway in west des moines
8: hi this is craig hodson vice president and market manager of cumulus media des moines cumulus is a proud supporter of the des moines east and south chamber of commerce the chamber promotes economic development to strengthen their members' businesses and enhance the quality of life in Des Moines. Please join me in welcoming and supporting these new members. For sure,
6: Roofing LLC, Lovejoy Elementary, Consolidated Communications, Woodman Life, NAMI Greater Des Moines, University of Iowa Healthcare, Scott Jensen, Ramada Des Moines Airport Hotel, Staybridge Suites, Des Moines Downtown, Peace Tree Brewing Company, Des Moines Branch. SPW
8: Bookkeeping, LLC, DMARC, and Brianna Wingert Design. The Des Moines East and South Chamber of Commerce and Cumulus Media wish to thank these new members. Learn more about the Des Moines East and South Chamber of Commerce online at DSM dsmeastsouthchamber.org.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not diabetes. Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. This
3: just in, Wendy's is adding the quarter pound double stack as an option in the 4 for 4 for a limited time. With so much beef, that's a deal so good it should not exist. In related news, because their wings are too small for their bodies, bumblebees should not be able to fly. Here to comment, bees. Wait, we're not supposed to fly?
9: Kind of like how a quarter pound of beef should not be in the 4 for 4.
3: Yet it is. That's over a quarter pound of fresh beef with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke, all for just $4. Any other bee puns? No, we're
6: good, honey. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes four piece nuggets, small fries, and drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii
3: do bold and embrace this moment at the pandora boutique at jared the galleria of jewelry with pandora's spring bracelet event you'll find a whole world of pandora ready for you to pick out stack up and show off stop in between march 23rd and march 26th and you'll receive a free pandora bracelet with your pandora purchase of 125 dollars or more do shine this spring with pandora that's why she went to jared while supplies last some exclusions apply see store for details
1: In your business, you trust people who time and time again get the job done. At Indeed.com, we deliver five times more hires than any other job site, according to independent research. That's why over 3 million businesses use Indeed when they're hiring, because getting the job done matters. Right now, we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply.
9: You don't need more sports,
6: but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite.
1: Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm, Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.